There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. O-G. Make some noise! artist and songwriter he's from st petersburg florida he just released his latest album ox tales he's shakor and i want to welcome him to the library with tim Cohen. thank you for joining me man. yeah no problem sir thanks so i i was reading your bio and i kind of you know one of the things that stick out uh it's it's you make sure to tell people that you're profanity free uh in terms of your lyrics why have you made that why have you made that conscious effort to to not curse in your rhymes um, it kind of really goes all the way back to as a kid when I decided that I wanted to be a rapper at like 11, 12 years old. Um, when I talked to my dad about it, he was like all for it. He said, look, as long as you keep your music clean, don't degrade women, I'm all for it. And I just, you know, ever since a kid, I just kind of stuck to it. And he also used to tell me that, you know, like a man curses because he can't really find the words to express how he truly feels. So, you know, I, just being a, you know, a lover of words, I, I, I'd rather find a different way to articulate, you know, what it is that I'm trying to express than to do what everybody else is doing. Do you find it, uh, did you find it tough to like write a rhyme and not curse or has it not really because i it's it's really not because i don't curse in you know life period really so it's like it's i just you know it's not really hard i know a lot of people when they hear it it's like man how do you do that but i'm like if i don't normally curse then it's like i just it just translates into the music right so so you're from florida but uh you said that uh, in your bio, you said that uh, Run DMC made an impression on you. Um, yes. First, how did that, I mean, how did, how did a young man from Florida, like, how, how did... Well, how, what, MTV, what, yeah. man. MTV, you know, I mean, uh, you know, obviously hip-hop originated in New York, so that's, you know, that's that's all we had to really look at. And it was just something about run dmc man it was just that the, the chemistry was undeniable and it, it spoke to me at a young age i was like eight nine years old and i just grew up in a house uh full of just music playing all the time you know my dad playing everything from you know funkadelic the prince the stevie wonder 
And I I love that music, but it was something about Run DMC that just like really, I just love their chemistry and how, even though it was three of them, it felt like one voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, what else so, about yeah, they, they 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 made me want to rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for us, I mean, for for us that don't know, what what was also the kind of what was the Florida hip hop scene like when you were growing up? Were there were there um, also particular mostly, artists? Good. There was um for I mean mainly what we had was like two live crew, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, Luke Skywalker and and so it was a lot of uh dance based music, you know. Which was cool, but I just I gravitated more to the the lyrical side of hip hop. You know what I mean? Because I, I just I just enjoyed that that aspect of the of the art form. You know, it's cool to dance and and and, and cool to make people want to dance. But I just I gravitated more to the to the you know to the Rockems and the Big Daddy Kanes and the KRS ones because I just I enjoyed the. Uh, just the exercise of putting rhymes together, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Was that uh, I don't want to say problematic, but was that was that did that make it tougher? I guess for you to and not being dismissive of Florida MCs, but is that be, does that make it tougher for you to rhyme and to I be hip hop? I, I think somewhat, yeah, because I think it was like you know expected to you know, where, wherever you're from to you, you have that type of style, you know what I mean? So, um, coming from Florida, I think it was probably more expected for me to, to have more of the, that, that Florida sound, that, that, that booty shake sound, you know, right. that's what they call it. Booty shake music, you know what I mean? And that's just, that, that's not, it didn't appeal to me like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can respect it and, and not downplaying it or the down talking, but it, that just didn't really appeal to me. So um, problematic, yeah, I, I guess in a sense, but I think it also made me stand out a little bit too, which I'm all for that. I'm just not with, you know, being part of the status quo. That I mean, I'm from that era where originality mattered, you know what I mean, being mm-hmm. unique. And so... um so in that way, I I, I kind of enjoyed being, you know, to the left of what everybody else was doing around me. Uh, tell me about uh, tell me about TRC, the Real Clash. Who are they, and what's their importance? all right? All right, TRC is the hip hop band that I am a part of. We've been together now for six years. We originated in class at school. Um, there's a, a a program, a music program called Mira, M-I-R-A, which stands for Music Industry Arts here in St. Pete. And it's here to give students like real world, basically, you know, application to, to, to the music side of things, to the music business, as far as there's like three different tracks you can choose between like performance, uh, production and composition. So to make a long story short, the, the program is awesome, but uh, my partner, Jay Act, who's uh, pretty much the founding member of the crew, me and him uh, helped find, found, find the group together. Um, he thought it would be a good idea to introduce hip-hop into the curriculum. So 
he uh, approached me and said, I think we should talk to the professors to see if there's some kind of way we can get like a hip hop ensemble going because they had other ensembles at the time, like rock, R&B, jazz. And the ensembles were basically where you would hook up with other students for a semester and you would basically uh, learn songs. But for the most part, the songs were cover songs. Mm. Um, and the whole idea was to to see how you collaborated with other artists and you would learn the songs. And then at the end of the semester, you'd be graded by the way you performed them in front of a, you know, in front of a crowd or whatever. So when we, uh, when we approached the uh, professors, we were like, we want to do a hip hop ensemble, but we would like to do original composition. And they were all for it. So um, my boy Jay handpicked everybody because we kind of knew what other people can do from just working in uh, like prior um, collaboration, prior projects for different classes. So he knew which guitarists to pick. He knew which drummers to pick. He knew which bass player, keyboard player, on and on. And so that's what started. So we, we really weren't thinking we were making a band. We were just trying to do something cool for a semester and trying to, you know, kind of put hip hop more in the forefront of this program. And what happened was what we didn't predict was the chemistry that we would create in that few months. And so by the time we performed at the end of the uh, semester, it was so well polished that the professors encouraged us to actually become a full-fledged band and keep it going. And it was like, take it outside the walls of the school because you guys got something special. Mm. And so that's what we, we, we thought it would be a great idea. So we've been doing that ever since. So that started back in 2012. And since then, we've gone on to win like awards for, uh, you know, the best hip-hop uh, group in the Bay Area here in Tampa Bay. Um, we've opened at the Okeechobee Music Festival last year, playing alongside The Roots and Usher and Wiz Khalifa. And it's uh, it's been awesome, man. So, yeah, that's my crew. Shout out to TRC. So, if I was curious, if you, what, what, do you have a favorite instrument that you like to spit over? I mean, is this like one instrument of, you know, if you got, if you, if you had, just if you had a if you were on an island and you had one instrument that you had to spit over, is there like one that you would? It's got to yeah, it's got it's got to be drums, man. <laughs> That's essential for hip hop, man. That boom bap, it's got to be drums, yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, Shako, I want to turn to your album uh, Oxtails. Um, the title track Oxtail features uh, Big Rube. Um, what's the important mm-hmm. What's the importance of having him on this track? Oh man, I just I've been a fan of his ever since the first Outcast album, uh, Southern Playalistic. Mm-hmm. Um his voice, his his just his words, it's 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 some about when he speaks, it just commands your attention, you know what I mean? And ever every project that I've heard him on, you know, I just gravitate to that track. And so again, being a lover of words, I wanted to have uh, just, you know, an iconic voice on the album um, that would, I guess, kind of almost, uh, I don't know, kind of validate everything that I was trying to say on this album as far as, uh, you know, oxtails and, and, and just kind of taking it back to where lyrics mattered and just, the, the thought you put into your, your you know what I mean? So I, right. I felt like Big Rude 
Big Rube, he, you know, he exemplifies that. So um, I reached out to him, um, not really knowing what would happen if if I could afford him, uh, none of that stuff. I just said, you know, well, it doesn't hurt to try. So I reached out to him, and uh, surprisingly, he called me back, and we just talked and chopped it up, and I told him the idea for the, you know, for the interlude I wanted him to be on. And then he started dropping some knowledge uh, based on what I was saying. And it just was like, wow, this is like, this is really happening. And so I shot him the track. I produced that track actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I produced that track the year I graduated from the program, which was like 2013. And I just sat on the beat for a while. Cause I felt like it was something special about this beat. I, you know, I was like, I don't even want to spit on it. I just felt like it was something so special about this beat. And I didn't know what, <laughs> what I was going to do with it, who it was going to be for or whatever. And after me and him talked, it was just like the light bulb went off. It was like, I got the perfect track for you. And I sent him the track and the next day he had uh, his part done. I was just like, wow. So that's like a big highlight of the album for me. Right. I was curious, in terms of album uh, track placement, uh, you, you, you listened to, um, oxtails with big room and he kind of the track and i always and, and he and i feel like he always does this a lot on a lot of a lot of the stuff that he's on but it always to me feels like when he he does something in a way where he makes it a kind of creating it as like an introductory track to the album um yeah, yeah. but but in terms of album placement i mean track placement for oxtails this is the fifth track on the album and you start you start the uh-huh. first the first track we hear is a uh, two commas so kind of Mm-hmm. Why, why? So, uh, in terms of placement, why two commas to start out the album, and why oxtails uh, with Big Rube to be the fifth track? Um, um, that's a good, that's a great question, actually. Um, I like intros, but I also, again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about not doing the status quo. It's like that's almost expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. The intro type of deal so um and i've done intros in the past on prior projects but sometimes i'm like let's just get straight to the music mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's why uh the the the, the, the oxtails interlude is with big rubis is meant to play more like an interlude it's like okay i've given you i've given you a taste of me now let me give you uh something that you don't see coming you know what i mean and it's like, you know, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. And, and, you know, you could probably say, well, you didn't see it coming either as an intro with Big Rube on it, but it was like, that's kind of the expected thing to have the, the, the intro on a project. So I just kind of like to switch it up a little bit. Oh, nice, nice. That's one thing I, that's, that's, that's one thing as an artist that I enjoy, uh, as a, well, as an artist and as a fan is, uh, not being predictable, you know, that unpredictability is, is what keeps my ears, uh, glued to the, you know, to the speakers. Like, cause wow, I didn't see that coming. What's next? You know what I mean? Right. So I like to have that, 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 that mystique. Uh, the track, uh, Ox Acapella, uh, why, why did you approach this track as an acapella and how is writing an acapella kind of different? when you're writing to a beat or, or do you, do you normally approach your music as an acapella? Nope, I don't. It was, um, it was kind of like a, just a, a feel type thing. I was, uh, 
I was writing it. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's crazy because I wrote that track the same day. I started writing that track, right? And uh, my pastor at the time was was ill. Um, he was really ill. And I actually got the call later in that day that he had actually passed away the day that I was writing Oz Capella. And um, it was a blow, man. It was a, it was a real blow, but I can't believe that I actually finished writing it even after hearing that. And not only did I finish writing, I went to the studio and laid it down the same day that my pastor, who also was my godfather. So he's been knowing me my whole entire life. I, I laid that track down that same day. It just felt like, again, I'm like, to me, the lyrics are, are the lyrics are what drives the music. Like, to me, that's like the most essential part. You know what I mean? So I wanted to have something where you just focus on just what was being said. So that track isn't meant to make you bob your head or nothing. It just was like, I wanted to make a, a quick little two-minute statement of just overcoming your fears. Uh, for me specifically, it was about, I guess, like the fear of um, not accomplishing the, the the goal that I've set out, set forth with this music, which is to one day be able to do this full-time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To get paid primarily off my music and not have to work two jobs like I'm doing right now. <laughs> and, you know, I've been doing it, this music for so long, but still haven't seen seen to where it could take me, you know, as far as I want to go just off of that alone. So I was just in a, in a place where I just wanted to say, you know what, just you got to tell that fear goodbye, you know what I'm saying? Because it, right. it, it'll cripple you. You know what I mean? And to lose someone as significant as my godfather on that day, it was just like, that was a challenge. That was a test to me, I felt like. And I was like, no, I have to complete it and I have to lay it down today. You know what I mean? So that was a, yeah, that's a that's a very uh, special track on the album, Ox Capella. I want to turn to a, a, another track on the album, um, Black Don't Crack. Uh, where were you mm -hmm. when you, the idea for this track hits you? And kind of what, what's um, the purpose of the track? The purpose of that track is just, um, with Black Don't Crack, it was just like, I felt like that record was so necessary with the climate that we're in right now and how... Um, you know, so much police brutality that's being recorded and documented and, and so much uh, negative imagery that we see on the news of the black man. And I just wanted to put out a reminder that, hey, man, we 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 are a peculiar people. We are a chosen people. We are, um, you know, we got it going on and, and don't let uh, the news or the media or, or what you see taint your vision of who we are. We're not animals. We're not thugs. You know, we're, you know, we're righteous people. And, um, you know, there's a saying that black don't crack because black people, uh, you know, seem to age well. So I wanted it to have 
that aspect, but I wanted to go deeper than that and mean that we don't crack, we don't fold under pressure. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's kind of like a little twofold meaning to that. Um, another track on the album, uh, Pillow, uh, it kind of takes us into relationships and the importance of not just a physical relationship, but the importance of treating the mental as well of the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, again, why why this track uh, at this particular time? Um, I just I'm a fan of that uh, that '90s era R&B slash hip hop collaborations, and um, you know the two two people that I put on the track with me, Jay Act, my uh, partner from TRC, and Joshua Cruz. I just felt like we would make a, a, a it would we'd make a dope collaboration together. You know, Joshua Cruz is killing it here in Tampa on the um, R&B pops pop tip and you know me and jay we just got the chemistry from from flowing together for for six years so i just kind of wanted it wanted to have a, a a feel good track on there that just highlighted uh you know love and you know in a tasteful way where you you know you got so much that's just you got so much music out now that's just so uh i don't know it's just it's, it's it's not leaving anything to the imagination when it comes to love and when it comes to sex and things of that nature. So I kind of wanted to take it back to to just having that um that sense of uh I don't know that just that just a little bit of I don't even know how to put it just. <laughs> Just, just, just love, man. But, but, yeah. but not so much blatant in your face. Uh, you know, I want to do this to you. I want to do that to you. But I want to, I want to make it metaphoric. I want to really make love to your mind more than anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. No, I hear that. I got you. Um, the and I think you touched on it a little bit, but the the last track uh, on the album is his side. Uh, obviously, a really mm -hmm. per personal track. Uh, Yes. Who who is this about, and what's what was the importance of this person to you, and kind of why leave it as the final track of the album? Well, his side, you know, that's the song that you never want to write. You know, it's a it's a tribute to my pastor again, who uh, has been knowing me all you know forty two years of my life. Uh, he was my dad's best friend. They were friends since you know middle school. He. Uh, he just was a very, very significant part of my life. Uh, first of all, as my godfather, and then in the second half of my life as my pastor. And um, he was also the first person to donate funds to uh, Oxtails even being completed. You know, I had mm. sent out an email to like a few friends and family just trying to, you know, do a little fundraising to actually get the album done and get it completed. And, um, he gave me above and beyond what I was asking for. And he was excited. He was a big supporter of my music. Um, you know, let me perform in church all the time. Uh, just always just a, an above and beyond type of guy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, the album was pretty much complete as far as, the songs that I wanted to have on it. And then he unexpectedly passed like a month after, uh, you know, a month after me telling him about the album. 
And I just um, like the the next day after he passed, I I, I wrote that song. Uh, I produced that track as well. And um, like I said, it's the track you don't want to write, but I felt like I had to to honor him and I had to pay tribute to him and just let the world know how special of a guy he was. Mm. Uh, you told Chuck D in the email that you thought this is this album is some of your best. You wrote this album is some of my best work. Uh, how mm-hmm. do you how do you judge your own work, and why do you feel you know after all your music? Why do you feel that this one is some of you know the best stuff you've done? I, well, I think um, for the most part, all my work prior to this, which you know, I it was it was. Uh, most of the work prior to this was before I went back to school for music. I, I got a, a degree in music composition. So with this album, I had the benefit of knowing a little bit more exactly how to compose. You know what I mean? So I know I knew I I I, I basically had a better GPS system, so to speak, on how to navigate going about putting a song together. So like, you know, when to when to put a break in the beat, when to add a scratch, when to, you know, do this and do that. And so I I felt like I had better tools going in on this album and it allowed me to like really just uh just really compose a a, a great album. You know what I mean? Just um from start to finish. And so, uh, you know, I don't really believe, and I think I heard Royce the Five Nine say this about uh, he doesn't have a prime, and I and I and I agree with that. You sh- you should always feel like you can get better. You should always improve, or else why else do it? Why do it? You know, if you if you uh, you know if you aspire to the belief that you know my 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 best days are behind me you know what i mean right. so i feel like i can always improve i can always try to find words to rhyme that nobody would have saw coming and things of that nature and um yes yeah, so i just you know i i feel really confident about this this particular project as far as from you know the, the right beats being with the right words and hooks and, and things of that nature. Cause sometimes you can, you can have a dope rhyme, but you, you spit it over the wrong beat. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So everything just kind of complimenting each other. I felt like I had better tools to use this time around. And that's why I feel like this is my, my best work. Is there a kind of a track that you're um, from the album that either kind of represents the album or the, or maybe the track that you're kind of, you've been rocking or listening to for the I last think, week? You know, I think, I think crop pot, that's defined. If, if if the album was a big paragraph, then I feel like Crop Pot is the main idea. You know what I mean? Um, take your time with it. Put it in the slow cooker because, you know, it's more gooder when you put it in the slow cooker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So you take your time with it and um, people will appreciate, appreciate it from a, from a fan perspective. It's like, wow, this person really put together uh, a, a nice project. It doesn't sound rushed. It sounds like they took the time and, and really put an effort into what they did. So I think that's what Crop Pot, for me, that's what Crop Pot is all about. Uh, he 
Shod Core. His new album is Oxtails. You can follow him on Twitter at Shod, Shod Core, uh, S-H-A-D-C-O-R-E. Uh, hey, man, thanks so much for joining me in the library with Tim go. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Tim. one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.